0: Hello and welcome, everybody. The NHL preseason is upon us. It's a good day today. Uh, In today's episode, we will uh, still be discussing uh, draft season for your your fantasy drafts here. We're going to be bringing you five potential busts, guys that could uh, break your team uh, and your fantasy drafts here. Uh, And just for fun, I will also be giving my predictions for the uh, major NHL awards, It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Let's get the biz. You're listening to Fantasy NHL Today. everybody welcome uh, this is uh, fantasy NHL today I am your host Blake creamer thank you so much for joining me again. this is our second true episode that we'll be doing here. I'm saying we it's actually me I'm doing everything so um, yeah I am uh, I'm still just so excited I'm so happy to be able to do this for you for you all. And today's a good day. uh, You know, I I uh, was looking at my phone and looking at the scores. There's actually some games going on, some interesting stuff here. So um, yeah, what what we'll do uh, in this episode? We'll just talk a little bit about uh, just some of the things we saw in those games and nothing too crazy. Um, We'll talk about that. And then, uh, as I said, I, I want to get into uh, just, just speaking about, uh, we, we already did our, our uh, snoozies. We talked about our snoozies, uh, sleepers for the layperson. I call them snoozies. Uh, we are going to, you know, go against that. And we'll talk about um, potential busts. Uh, guys, you may want to just leave... Uh, someone else to draft, okay? And, uh, you know, I've got some good information there. So hopefully that, that'll give you some, some help as well with your drafts coming up. And then, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna, uh, I am gonna, I want to get this recorded. I want to get my takes down for these NHL awards uh, just so I can look back. And, and hopefully I'll just, I'll just go 100% on that and, and just be a complete legend. So, yeah, that's what we're doing here today. So thank you so much for joining me. Um, as I, I did say, my name is Blake Creamer. What I would also like you to do is just follow me on Twitter, please. Um, it's at Blake Creamer, S-E. And I'm going tweet crazy these days. I'm trying to, uh, you know, up my social game here. Um, Twitter was kind of the last uh, you know, social media that I that I started using, so I'm still kind of getting used to how it works. And you know, sound like an old man here, but uh, um, yeah, I'm going to be tweeting my brains out. Okay. Well, um, we mentioned off the top, yeah. Preseason has started. And uh, that's awesome. I love this time of year. Um, You get so many people overreacting to, you know, uh, who gets put on what line and then the coaches just put everything back to normal uh, at the start of the season anyway. So that's always fun. But uh, up until then, we can, you know, uh, let our imaginations run wild and uh, it's going to be pretty awesome. So Um, We did have four games in the uh, NHL preseason tonight. Uh, One of them was a split squad game, uh, or two of them were split squad games between the Ottawa Senators and the Maple Leafs, so let's talk about those real quick. So, um, the first game, um, I think this was in Ottawa, Uh, the uh, Maple Leafs won 4-1 against Ottawa. Um, Cam Talbot did start in in net for the Ottawa Senators, uh, kind of in his debut, and didn't go so well. I um, mean, led in you know three goals on on uh, nineteen shots, so not an awesome start. Um, one thing that was a pretty awesome start, we we got to see uh, Tim Stutzla Stetzel Stet I'm gonna call him Stetzel Stutzla. Anyways, we got to see uh, Stutzla and uh, Debrinket and um, Giroux together as a line, and uh, I mean it's it's gonna be. I think I, I just watched a few of the highlights. I didn't get to watch the whole game, but um, it's, it's a work in progress for sure. But but these three guys are, are amazingly talented, and, uh, and Stutzler scored a beauty of a goal in the first period. I mean, he got sent in by Debrinket, you know, uh, stretch pass, uh, went in from the blue line, Fought off a defender and just rifled at home. So um, I, I like Stutzle a lot this season. I think he's he's gonna be a, a breakout player. I mean he's he, he's already uh, been a great player, but with Ottawa signing him to that massive contract, I mean he's he's gonna get opportunity now, right? They've they've committed to him. So uh, I love it. He's a young guy. He's a big guy. And another thing he does, he banks. She banks. She banks. Oh baby, when she moves, she moves. All right, it's just the bang. So I hope he keeps that up. But uh, seems like a beauty. I love DeBrink too. So you know, I'm I'm always a little bit leery of uh, a player, you know, having success and then going to another team. But I don't know, DeBrink. a young guy, uh, and 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 Ottawa's filled with talent. So. I like I like both those guys uh, this season. So, anyways, uh, but they did lose, end up losing the game. Um, Nothing really of interest in this game. One thing I like to look at uh, in these game recaps, and I will do game recaps uh, throughout the year. um, uh, And one thing I like to look at is just deployment. So ice time, who is getting ice time? Right, I know it's it's preseason. It's the first game of preseason. We're not reading into this too much, you know. Um, but uh, one thing I like to see is uh, Stutzla, 22 minutes, right? it 22 minutes, basically. Giroud got 20 minutes, so he, he might be kind of a nice pick, too. And, and uh, another player in this game that I was sort of looking at was uh, uh, Jake Sanderson. I want to see how he plays this year. Um, I actually picked him up in one of my dynasty leagues, and I don't know a ton about him, to be honest. Uh, dynasty is something that I'm trying this year for the first time, so uh, I'm good with the... You know, the NHL players, the prospects, I kind of, you know, I I defer to the experts on that. So I'm going to do my best to learn about these prospects. Obviously, now that I'm doing a podcast, I want to, you know, know what I'm talking about. But Jake Sanderson is someone who um, I am watching and he's on my team now. So and he he had a a decent game. He played uh, like 21 minutes four hits, three blocks. Uh, I like that. Um, He was minus two, so you can't read into any of this stuff anyways. But uh, on the other side, you got um, uh, one thing I thought was interesting about uh, Toronto is Mark Giordano. Um, You know, he he ended up playing, uh, you know, uh, 21 minutes. Um, He did have three assists, and I'm just kind of wondering, it's something to watch for. That's all I'm talking about here is like I wonder how they're going to use him during the season, right? We know Giordano, uh, what he can do. I mean, he's he's a veteran now. He's a little, he's obviously older. Um, you know, what, what kind of deployment is he going to get on that team? Um, I, I like Giordano on that team. I think, uh, um, you know, I think it could be a, a nice season for, for him. And he could do, um, you know, he could maybe get a, even a little, you know, more points than he got last year. So, anyways, that's kind of what I'm looking at. I mean, Marner... Was, was on this team as well. Tavares, they didn't do anything, but uh, the team won anyway. So that's that game, 4-1. Uh, the other split squad game was uh, uh, in uh, Toronto, and the Senators won that one, 4-2. So again, not, not too much to say there. Um, an interesting piece, uh, Cal Yarncroak. Uh, I mean, I'll get better at these names. Don't worry. Um, I'll be just be practicing it. But uh, yeah, he he got a couple goals there uh, for Toronto, and um, he's he's gotten some praise uh, from the Toronto head coach um, just for for coming into camp in shape, looking good. Uh, you know, they're deploying him on the first line right now. I mean, I don't think that's going to stick. But but uh, at the very least, the coach liked what he saw out of this guy, and, and he came in and delivered. He got two um, you know two goals, um, but it, it clearly wasn't enough. Um, you know the the rest of the team uh, Ottawa kind of took over and there's there's not too much uh, I do like oh Tyler Mott got a goal and assist I love Tyler Mott just uh, from his Vancouver days and you know I, I don't understand why this guy keeps bouncing around like he's he's uh, he's an amazing player when he was in Vancouver like this guy just gives it his all um, I'm a big Tyler Mott fan so I hope he does well I hope he sticks with Ottawa there um, and it was interesting, uh, Drake Batherson, uh, playing in this game as well. Lots of minutes. Um, obviously something you want to keep your eye on is, is sort of his status this season, right? Uh, just with the hockey Canada investigations, um, Drake Batherson, uh, has really yet to come out and kind of, you know, make a statement. He had a, a very brief statement, um, which was basically no comment. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a really rough situation, f- f- um, really rough situation. So, um, you know, in reality, so just taking that out of it, like that's obviously the most important thing. But, um, as far as fantasy, uh, Drake Patterson, I'm staying away from him this season. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I don't know what the outcome is there. And, um, so it's interesting to see him playing, uh, for now, but definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, moving on, we had a game between the, the blues and the, and the coyotes. Again, interesting game, uh, some interesting stuff from St. Louis. Uh, a couple of their prospects did, had a nice little game there. Jake Neighbors. Um, yeah, he's a first-rounder, uh, I think, from 2020. You know, he got three points. Uh, and Scott Perunovic, uh, a guy that's got a bit of buzz, um, got a bit of buzz surrounding him this season. Um, young defenseman, got a couple points as well, a couple assists. So yeah, I, I I'm interested uh, very much in Perunovic and to see what he can potentially do this season um, with St. Louis, as they did have that uh, um, Scandella is injured now, so there's there's some some room for him to potentially make the team and and you know he's got uh, players like Tori Krug in front of him, kind of you know blocking him from getting some some good power play time, but but who knows what happens throughout the year. So um, Perunovic is someone I'm definitely watching this season with St. Louis. Had a nice game uh, for Phoenix. Uh, Barrett Hayton, uh, he just signed uh, with Phoenix. I don't remember the, the numbers on the contract, but he had a great game, three points. Connor Geeky had his first uh, first look with the Coyotes. There, he got an assist. He was the 11th overall uh, pick this last draft here. Um, so yeah, not too much to say there. Five four, St. Louis. And then uh, the last game was just uh, Philly against Boston. Uh, Battle of the Farm teams looked like. So uh, I think Philly won 2-1. Not too much to say about that game there. So um, yeah, that I'm, I'm just I'm stoked. Um, you know, we got we got games tomorrow too, so I'll be watching those really closely. We've got some split squad games and you know, again, uh, preseason is just a fun time to just sort of let your imagination run wild and, and you see guys, you know, lighting up uh, the score the scorecards and then, you know, you get into the regular season and it's crickets, right? Nothing happens. But it happens every year and we get excited every year. So uh, this year's no different. Anyways, let's uh, get into this uh, next section here. So um, without further ado, let's get into um, these busts that I'm talking about here. Um, and hopefully, I mean, some of this might not come as a surprise, but I just, I want to, you know, give you some of the, the, the reasoning behind my picks as well here. Um, I think it's pretty sound and, uh, you know, I, I think you'll, you know, this, this will make some sense for you. Okay. So the first person that, uh, the first player I'm talking about, uh, in my bust section here is going to be Chris Kreider of the New York Rangers. Now, um, I know this is you know, probably not a surprise pick for a guy that is, you know, probably going to regress next season. But let's look at at why. I mean, Chris Kreider uh, last season, um, he played amazing. I mean, the Rangers in general played amazing, but Chris Kreider uh, put up a fifty-two goal season in eighty-one games, um, and and that's great. You know, um, anytime anyone's getting fifty-two goals, that that'll that'll make you you know stand up and take notice. Um, Chris Kreider currently uh, on Yahoo, his ADP, his average draft position, is is twenty six point eight. So that's a second rounder. That's what we're looking at there with Chris Kreider, and um, that's that's way too freaking high. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, you know, maybe if you have a consistent player that is is consistently scoring uh, at that rate. Um, you know, that, that that draft position makes a bit more sense, but, but if we delve into Chris Kreider, like, uh, first off, um, he had career highs in so many things, and, and let's just look at some of those things. So, um, first off, he had the most shots he's ever had in his career, okay, uh, 258 shots on goal. Um, you know drastically higher than than uh, than some of his other uh, seasons okay he got obviously um, 52 goals uh is the career high for him then the next highest season he had he had two seasons where he scored 28 goals right so we're basically doubling his goal output i mean that's that's uh, <laughs> that's something special for sure he i mean he had a special season no question he had a career high in points he tied his career high in assists uh, his shooting percentage was uh, just insane, a 20, 20%. Uh, he had a 20.2 shooting percentage. Um, he had 26 power play goals. That, that's ludicrous. I mean, that, that's, you know, uh, the, they, the Rangers power play in general uh, had an amazing uh, season, right? Um, their power play, actually the Rangers, they were fourth best overall last season and and clearly Chris Kreider was a part of that a big part of that he uh, he also had 35 power play points he had three shorthanded goals Um, and his ice time was higher than it ever been before um, at uh, 18 uh, 18 minutes uh, 1845 basically so if you look at all those things um, you know he's also uh, 31 years of age right he also has one of the longest necks in the NHL Uh, I'll just put that out there um just, yeah, he's, he's like a, he's like a giraffe. Um, Tyler Myers, another long neck, long necked, uh, person. I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm, I'm literally looking at a picture of Chris Kreider right now. And that's, what's coming to my mind. Um, anyways, besides Chris Kreider's neck, I mean, he, he, he overachieved in so many areas last year. Um, and if you look as well, obviously most of his damage was done on that New York power play, that fourth-rated New York power play, right? And uh, when I delved in a little deeper to, you know, just kind of how his season went and who he played with, uh, obviously he played with Mika Zibanejad, who had a, a, an amazing year as well for New York. He played with them pretty much the whole year. Um, you know, so it, one thing that I wanted to mention, though, is it, so all this damage was done on the power play, 35 points, right? Um, and again, like... Just nothing comparable uh, to any of his other seasons. So if you're looking at his his career, uh, even just his career um, point pace, it's you know it's around 53 points, right? And last year he was on pace for 78. He did play 81 games. So it, it's just none of this makes sense. His his uh, career uh, shooting percentage is you know his average is almost 15, and he had a shooting percentage of 20 last year. Right, I mean, it, it's 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 just screams regression, and I think anyone can see that. Right, I, I think to 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 think that Chris Kreider is going to score fifty two goals again next year with the Rangers, I think is a pipe dream. It's it's just not going to happen. Right, and um, I have nothing against Chris Kreider. I think he's an amazing player. I, I loved watching the Rangers in the playoffs last year. Um, there's a funny moment where Kreider and uh, Zibanejad, I think, were on the bench, and Zibanejad was trying to go through like a play or something on an iPad and Kreider just basically just took the thing and just smashed it. (laughs) He threw it behind him. Like it it was just a funny moment. Like he seems like, you know, a good leader on the team and a good character guy. So I have nothing against Chris Kreider, but I do have something against him when he's being drafted uh, on Yahoo at 26. Okay. In the second round, this is not a second round player. I mean, to me, I think for the, for the upcoming season, you could probably take 20 goals right off the top there. You know, 52 goals, Amazing season, you know, uh, but I think 30 goals is probably more appropriate for Chris Kreider. You know, he's, he's clearly carved out a a nice role for himself on this team, uh, especially on the power play, Um, you know, and Jad is still there. They're still going to be together. Uh, But one of the things that's different too, is that power play is going to look different this year. You know, Ryan Strom is no longer on the team. Right. And we got uh, Vincent Trocek is going to be on power play one now. So, um, you know, I'm sure that it will work out, but you know, will it work out for Chris Kreider personally? Like, is it is it going to be the same kind of thing? You know, because Trocheck brings his own kind of style in there. Um, so, you know, this, it, this all I, I think it's just academic at this point. You know, I think 26 is much too high in all the mock drafts that I do. Um, I think people realize like 26 is too high for Chris Kreider, um, and he does drop a little bit. Um, to me, I think. You know, if you're looking at a, I think he's, he's closer to a 60-point player because he doesn't get assists, right? I mean, he tied his career high of assists at 25, right? And, and that's great, you know, but he, he, he's, not a, he's not a great passer. He's a trigger man. So, you know, but I, I honestly think that um, as far as him, to me, I think he's a 55 to 65-point player max, and I think, you know, would you draft a 55 to 65-point player at 27? No, hell no. You would not do that. So I think maybe the 6th or 7th round is something maybe where I would feel a little more comfortable picking up Chris Kreider. I just don't think he's going to drop that low um, just because of his name and obviously because of the season he had last year. And maybe people think that, uh, you know, this is something legit. But but he's never done it before, and I, I just don't think he's ever going to do it again. Um, so I think we're looking at 55, 65-point player. Um, you know, one nice thing about Chris Kreider, he does bang. You know, he's got he's banging. He got uh, 141 hits last year. I mean, you know, he, he's, he's consistently getting over 100 hits uh, each season. So that's nice from your, from a forward, right? Um, so if you're in a category league or you're in a points league that counts hits, you, you're getting some extra uh, value from Chris Kreider. So that's why I think 6th or 7th round for Chris Kreider makes a lot more sense. Um, so, um, yeah, we, we can move on from that. Uh, Chris Kreider is my number one, uh, you know, potential bust. Uh, and definitely at that draft position, right? I don't think he's going to be a bust as a player, I think. Uh, and, and keep this in mind, too. I, I, I definitely know and, and realize that there's a big difference between fantasy hockey and reality hockey. And and I think hockey in reality, Chris Kreider, this, this guy's a beauty. Like, I like watching him play. He's, he's gritty. And, and 52 goals, bang. Like, Nice season, man. I'm happy for the guy. I just don't, I'm never going to draft him uh, earlier than, than the sixth round, uh, this upcoming year anyway. Okay. Chris Kreider. Don't do it. Okay. All right. Let's move on to number two. All right. Um, the next guy I had on this list um, is uh, someone who's moved to a new team, and I am talking about Nazem Kadri. All right, for the Calgary Flames signed a, a you know big contract uh, um, with Calgary, and uh, it was a nice off season for Calgary. Clearly, I mean, um, just a, even just a little off topic here. Like I, I was, I, I like Calgary. I, I mean, I, I I follow all the teams in the Pacific Division, obviously because I'm a Canucks fan, and and Calgary. I, I grew up in Calgary, so that was that was a team for me. You know, for the first 10, 12 years of my life. So I have a little soft spot there, and I, I like to see them do well. And uh, I was so choked when, uh, you know, what happened this offseason for them. I mean, with Gaudreau and Kachuk, it's just, I mean, that's that's something you can't really plan for. So for them to be able to go out and get Huberdeau, Weger, um, and get them both signed, and then... Um, you know, be able to uh, pick up a, an excellent free agent in Nazem Kadri, coming off a career year. I mean, it, it's a nice offseason for Calgary. I'm happy for them. I also like Markstrom a lot. I think he's a, he's a great goalie. So good for you, Calgary Flames, um, but not so good for anyone drafting Nazem Kadri. Uh, I think, because um, the the season he just had just is going to blow his value out of the water. Like, y- y- you're not going to be able to get him low enough to find any value to me because of what he did last year, right? So Yahoo has him at sixty six point eight average draft position. Okay, so six rounder. Um, Again, uh, kind of to parallel what we just talked about with Chris Kreider. You know, he's thirty one years old. First off, he had career high in points. Okay, he had a he actually had a a hundred point pace in eighty two games. I mean, you know, he never had anything close to that. um, You know, in throughout his whole career. So. You know, when something sticks out that far, you, you have to take notice of that and, and think about why that happened, right? So we had career-high in points, career-high in assists with 59. I mean, by a long shot, almost double his, his, you know, he had 30 assists in 2013 with Toronto, and then he had 59 last year with Colorado. Um, power play points, 29 points he had. Uh, again, blew his old numbers out of the water. Um, and then uh, time on ice as well. Uh, that was a career high for him. He was playing about 19 minutes last season with the Avalanche, right, on the second line, and then first first power play. So um, why why did he have such a good year? I mean, look at the team he played on, right? I mean, you know, just, um, just look at that power play he was on. I mean, uh, 29 points, he's playing with uh, you know, the best defenseman in the league, probably, Kale McCarr, you know, then Nathan McKinnon, Rantanen, Landeskog, um, I mean, th- this is a killer's row, and and then you got Kadri, Kadri on there just feeding them the puck, right? So, um, I think it's pretty clear to see why he had such a good season, and obviously there was some chemistry um, with him and his, his line mates there, right? Um, actually, I just want to see who he did play with last year for the most part. So, um, yeah, even strength he was playing with uh and, and Chuskin. Uh for the most part, he also spent some time with Comfer, you know, and and kind of rotated some some people out of there. So, second line, I mean, his his even strength points were were decent for sure and and he's a great um yeah, I I think he's a great uh winger, you know, a second line winger for sure. Um that said, uh he's he's going to a Calgary team now, so um where you know his potential linemates are Blake Coleman and uh, you know uh, Andrew Mangiapane right um it, it's a bit of a drop off you know what i mean and i think especially the power play as well like that that power play is still very decent you know you got Huberdeau um i don't know who's going to be manning the point there uh, in Calgary where they're going to give it to Weeger or you know Rasmus Anderson um you know but you got guys like Toffoli that are going to be in there, uh, Elias Lindholm. Um, it's it's going to be a good power play, no no question there. But it's not to the level that the obviously that the Avalanche were at, right? And if you look at just just all the things that that had to go right for Nazem Kadri to have the kind of season he did, I just think that's it's it's big time regression coming, right? And not to mention he he had a season or a, a career high in ice time. At 19 minutes, I just don't think he's going to get that with Calgary. So, I mean, looking at his career, his 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 career average is 17 minutes, and um, I think that, like, not even just to be basic, I think that's where it's going to go back down to, right? Um, you know, it, it, like, so he'll lose. I think he'll lose probably two of those minutes. You know, go back down to 16, 17 minutes, and then, you know, even those two minutes, you're you're losing production, right? You're losing point production. And another thing I wanted to mention. Um, about, um, sorry, uh, just about Nazem Kadri is that, um, he used to hit, he used to hit guys, you know, so there was some value there in cats leagues as well. Um, but I mean, especially like he, so he had 52 hits this year, um, 19 blocks. Like he, he's really giving you nothing, uh, in the peripheral categories, right? So if you're again, in category leagues or just, you get points for those categories, like you, you're not getting anything from Nazem Kadri. Which is a shame, because I think I don't know. He he used to hit like he's had seasons where he hit you know had 148 hits, and that's huge. That just brings a lot of value, right? But uh, obviously he's changed his game. He's much more offensive now, so we'll see what kind of player he can be. I mean, again, reality versus fantasy. Like reality is this guy just won a Stanley Cup. Like he he played amazing and and good for him, you know. But am I am I do I want to draft him at 66 in Yahoo? I don't think so. I think you could wait a two or three rounds later, even you know, like maybe round eight or nine for this type of guy. Um, and I just think that that kind of makes sense to me. Um, yeah, Nazem Kadri. I think there's there's no chance he repeats this. I think you're looking at so. I mean, what did he have? 87 points last year. I think kind of similar to uh, Kreider. You're looking at you know 60 points, maybe 60 to 65 points. You know, with not a lot of peripherals right it's it the value just falls off a cliff to me so stay away from Nazem Kadri please it's uh you know not going to do you good i'm sure he's a great player he obviously he just want to on the cup so good job to you Nazem Kadri good job not getting suspended we appreciate you all right that was number 2 let's rip into um our third option here uh, sorry our third player that i want to talk about and that is mats Succarello. Zuccarello, sorry, Zuccarello was what I said. That's that's not uh, that's not uh, accurate. Matt Zuccarello, Matty Z. All right, he's uh, he had again a great season. Uh, I think you'll notice kind of a trend on some of these these players, right? These these are all players that just had career a bunch of career highs, right? And Matt Zuccarello just had a great season with the Minnesota Wild. Um, he scored seventy nine points in seventy games. Uh, you know, that's a ninety three point pace over 82 games, you know, he had a, he had a highest plus minus he's ever had plus 21, you know, um, just a lot of things went right. So let's, let's, let's dive into Matt Zuccarello a bit. First off, um, uh, one thing that's a little different about Matt Zuccarello is his, his ADP is 104 and, and I don't think his ADP is exactly terrible. Like I, like, I don't think that, that, that needs to go way down. Um, cause I, I will like one thing that is good about Matt Zuccarello is he's a right winger and, and that's, uh, that there's some positional scarcity there with right wingers. So, I mean, Matt Zuccarello is a player that, you know, if you're later on in your draft, you know, you're at, you're in the 10th round, 11th round and you're missing a, um, you know, a right winger, you need to pick someone up. You could do worse than Matt Zuccarello. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll say that right there. Um, but let's look at, look at some of the numbers here. So. Matt Zuccarello, he's thirty-five. Okay, um, he he had a career highs in assists, career highs in points, and again, career high in power play points. Okay, so again, just another um, another player that that uh, the power play is, is really key, right? Um, and and he played for most of the season uh, with Ryan Hartman and uh, Kirill the Thrill Kaprasov, right? Um, and Obviously, you know they have some chemistry. They they did very well together. Kaprasov had an amazing season. Um, you know uh, he's he's he looks to me like a kind of a generational talent, and uh, um, I think you know he he's being drafted. Kaprasov, I'm talking about, he's being drafted in in you know the first round in in pretty much every draft that I've seen, and you know that's a little risky for me to be honest, but I, I understand why. I mean this this Kaprasov has 50 goal potential, right? Um, that said, I mean, Matt Zuccarello, he's now 35, right? Um, I, I feel that Kaprasov really pulled up the numbers of Hartman and, um, Matt Zuccarello. Um, so let, let's look at even the the season before. So, um, Zuccarello last season had a, a points per game pace of 1.13 points per game. Um, you know, and the season before he had 0.83 points per game. And then the season before that he had 0.57 points per game, right? Those are all with Minnesota, right? And then the season, you know, the last season where he had 0.83, he was with Kaprasov as well. So um, I just I, I, just see regression here. It, it doesn't make sense. His, um, you look at his shooting percentage as well. So he shot at 15.1% last year on 159 shots. So 159 shots on goal, he uh, converted at about 15%. His career average is eleven point six percent. So, he's he's. I think he's punching above his weight class, and I think he's been doing it for a little while, right? Um. So to me, you you look at the Minnesota power play that he was on. They were they were good. I mean, you know, they weren't uh, elite. They were eighteenth in the league, so kind of middle of the pack. Um, but Minnesota, in general, they had the fifth best record in the NHL. I was actually surprised about that when I was looking it up. Um, they, they, uh, I think Minnesota really surprised a lot of people last year and obviously Kaprasov kind of coming, coming out the way he did last year. Like that, that really was the key there. And, uh, they, I mean, they have good defense and, and they're, they're obviously a very good team. Um, so, but Minnesota fifth best record, they had the fifth best goals for, um, and that said though, too, Minnesota's in the, to me, the weakest division, the central division. So I think it's safe to say they'll probably do well again next year. Um, But Matt Zuccarello in particular, his production uh, was very much based on power play success. Okay. So to me, there's some changes to their power play. Like they lost Kevin Fiala to free agency. Right. So, and he had an amazing year last year as well. And he was on that power play one. So who's going to step up there? Um, You know, is it going to be Rossi that Marco uh, Rossi, the, you know, young guy coming in, I mean, what, how is that going to change the power play, right? Um, so when so much of your production is, is based on the power play and there's big changes in the power play, you know, and now kind of the secret's out, right? Like, I mean, w- Minnesota, you know, I think has a lot of expectations coming into this year that they're going to do very well. So I'm just not convinced that they're going to be able to continue that on, okay? And uh, again, to me, you've got... Um, Matt Zuccarello at 104 uh, ADP, right winger. And as I said, right wingers are scarce. There are other right wingers you can get. I think there are better options there. Uh, so I'm not saying that the ADP for Matt Zuccarello is, is wrong. I'm saying there are better players that you can get. And some of those players, like, like I talked about in the first episode, Braden Point is available at 117. I mean, what the hell am I doing here? Braden Point or Matt Zuccarello, I'm taking Point every day of the week. Okay, love me some Braden Point. He's a good-looking man, okay? Um, but even further to that, so you can get Braden Point. You can get um, Jonathan Marcheseau uh, for Vegas, who's, who's likely going to get some first-line deployment there uh, with Jack Eichel. You know, and if not, uh, at least uh, power play one, uh, Marchessault. I'm talking about. You can get uh, Jesper Bratt at 124 ADP. Again, he, he's going to get some opportunities in New Jersey uh, with, with elite players like Jack Hughes. Uh, and then even further down the list, you got Clayton Keller, who's, who's criminally underrated at uh, uh, ADP of 143. I mean, Keller is limping in a little bit this year, but um, I still think he's gonna he's gonna eat minutes. He's you know once he's in the lineup, he's gonna be playing over 20 minutes. Keller to me is a much better option than Zuccarello, and you can get Keller at 143, and he's a right winger as well. So. Um, yeah, just something to think about. Uh, Matt Zuccarello, again, the ADP is not terrible. You could do worse, but uh, I'm staying away from Matt Zuccarello, mostly due to age and just, to me, there's an obvious regression. And, and lastly about Zuccarello, you get zero peripherals. You get zero hits, zero blocks, basically. Like, you know, It's all tied to his scoring and mostly power play scoring. And if that dries up, then, then what are you left with, right? That's my thought on Zuccarello. I like saying that, Zuccarello. Um, all right, let's carry on. We've got some more players here to talk about. I want to talk about another player. Um, again, had a career year, ridiculous career year um, with Nashville, and that is Matt Duchesne. Duchesne. Um, yeah, again, just a, 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 I, I respect all these guys. I mean, Matt Duchesne, what a season he had, and then what, what a season a lot of players had on Nashville. Um, just, uh, a lot of overachieving on Nashville this year, you know? Um, and so, but we'll talk about Dushane here. So, um, Yahoo ADP on Matt Dushane is 76.8. So seventh rounder, right? He's 31 as well. Let's look at what he did last year in 78 games. He got 43 goals and 43 assists. I mean, nice, nice looking season right there. You know, that's a uh, that's a ninety point pace over eighty two games. You know, very good. He had career highs. Uh, his goals were career high. Sorry, goals was a career high. Points was a career high. Shots on goal, uh, he had two hundred twenty eight last year, career high. Um, power play goals, sixteen of them. Uh, power play points, twenty nine. So again, very uh, a lot of his production was made on the power play right and but the one thing that really stands out to me um is is his shooting percentage um and if you his shooting percentage last season was uh, 18.9 percent okay which is very i think that's very high right especially if you look at the two years previous to that so in 2020 with nashville he only shot 8.2 percent okay and then in 2019 with Nashville, he shot 9.6%, right? So he, uh, he, his shooting percentage is all over the place, right? And especially in the first two seasons he was with Nashville, it was very low. He, I, I don't know, uh, you know, I wasn't following the Predators a ton at the, uh, in those years, but I don't know what his deployment was like, Um but even just looking here, I can see that his his uh, ice time in those two years was around the 15 to 16 minute mark, whereas this last season he was getting uh, upwards of 19 minutes per game. so that's that's big, right? He's obviously being relied on more um you know he's being put in more more positions to to do something, right. Um, but there's just no way this can continue. <laughs> I mean, he played he played a season mostly with uh, Philip Forsberg, who again had a career season himself and uh, Grandland. Right, Grandland's just a, a very uh, solid um, center, right? That uh, you know, they, they all Nashville's power play in general just just overachieved all year. You look at, I think they were sixth in the league overall in power play percentage, right? In conversion percentage. So, um, you know, it's interesting. Like as I started making this list, I see like most of these guys are are on teams that had amazing power plays, and that's where they were kind of getting their points, right? So. It's not any different with Matt Duchesne here. Um, you know, to me, um y- you look at kind of his his career pace, Matt Duchesne, we're looking at 60 points, right? That that's you know, he's had some outliers. I mean, he had uh, you know, a couple good seasons with Colorado, where he, you know, I think he got 73 points in 2012 and 81 points in 2013, and then you know, he had eighty points as well with Ottawa and Columbus in twenty eighteen. So he can do that. He he can play in the upper echelon of the league, right? But I I haven't seen enough consistency in in any way to to make me think that he's going to continue this on, right? You know. Um, and again, he's just like the others. He's giving you you know pretty much zero peripherals, no hits, no blocks, basically. Um, you know, it's 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 all based on scoring. And uh, I just don't see that happening again. I don't see him, you know, <laughs> continuing this on. I, I, I hope that he does. I mean, that'd be amazing. I'd love to be wrong about these players. I really would because it's a good story, like, to to be 31 years old and then to just have a career year, you know, what seems like out of the blue. I mean, he had 13 points last year in 34 games. And then, and then the season after, he had 86. So that that's, you know. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> so um, I just don't see it happening again. Um, to me, he's he's much like the others. I think you know his floor is probably um, fifty to sixty points. I think sixty points is probably probably a fair floor, especially because he's being deployed you know uh, in a more favorable way in Nashville. So I think sixty points is reasonable. But I think his his ceiling isn't much more than seventy. I think that's kind of somewhere that's something that I would expect, right? So, again, his ADP is um, 76.8. I wouldn't draft him there, right? I I think, you know, one good thing about Matt Duchesne, again, he's a right winger. We talked about positional scarcity. So, yeah, you're you're targeting right wingers if you didn't pick them up in the first few rounds, right? You got guys like Duchesne later on. But in the seventh round, I don't think so. You know, I think you start to get value on Matt Duchesne after about, you know, 100. Like, you know, any pick after 100 and, and you got Matt Duchesne still there, like, snap him up. Because I think he's probably good for 60 points. Man, 30 goals, 60 points. Like, that's, I think that's reasonable. You'll get some power play stuff. You won't get much else, you know? And that's just hoping that he can kind of maintain his reasonable, like, like a reasonable shooting percentage, right? Like, it's not, I, there's no way it can stay at at 18.9%. It's going to go down, right? But how far down does it go? So I'm staying away from Matt Duchesne unless he just has to be drafted because it's at, like, 120 or something, and you're like, why the hell is Matt Duchesne still here? <laughs> so Matt Duchesne, I'm staying away from him. That's my take on that, all right? That's my take on Duchesne. All right, and lastly, uh, I did want to get into just the defensemen. I was looking at some. I mean, defensemen are a little harder for me to, um, you know, uh, kind of value because a lot of defensemen get – a lot of their value from the peripheral stats, right? Um, you know, they they obviously we have an elite tier of defensemen, guys like Hedman, McCarr, uh John Carlson, you know, Roman Yossi, guys like that. They're, they're 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 elite, right? They they can maybe potentially match a forward in in value, you know, offensively, but um, you know. Once we start getting out of those tiers, yeah, you're, you're looking at the peripherals, hits and blocks and and seeing, you know, what you can pick up there. Right. So, again, it all depends on the format you're, you're doing it on. But to me, um, I've picked uh, Tony D'Angelo um, and that's how I'm going to say it from now on. Tony D'Angelo. Um, I don't know why I'm saying it like that, but uh, it kind of I don't know it makes sense. Anyways, Tony D'Angelo. Had a great season last year uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes. He had 51 points in 64 games. Um, you know, that's that's very nice. You know, uh, for like, you know, he had 0.8 uh, points per game, uh, an 82-game uh, pace of 65 points, and that's great for a defenseman, right? I mean, Tony D'Angelo is, uh, is very clearly an offensive defenseman. He doesn't offer much else there. Um, so, but let, let's look at some of the things that, that Tony D'Angelo did really well last year. First off his, his Yahoo ADP, uh, is 121, which to me is, it, this kind of is, is similar to, um, Matt Zuccarello. Like it, the ADP doesn't bother me so much. It's just, I think there are much better options available in and around that ADP. So th- that would steer me clear of Tony D'Angelo. Right. And I think, you know, um, First off, Tony D'Angelo's, I just keep saying Tony D'Angelo. Um, he, he's changed teams, so he went from basically a Stanley Cup contender, Carolina, to a basement dweller in the Philadelphia Flyers, you know. And I mentioned in the, the first episode, like, the Flyers, they're, they've been stricken with with major injuries to Sean Couturier to Ryan Ellis, um, you know, and, and I honestly think that Tortorella being there, uh, I, I don't think it's... I don't think it's a good situation there. Um, I don't know. I was watching a video of uh, Tortorella basically just putting the players through, you know, making them do suicide, like bag skates. Uh, you know, you got, you got guys lying on the ground, like borderline unconscious. Like, I don't know. This, that, that's not the type of thing I want to see, you know what I mean? Especially with a team that's already struggling big time and is going to struggle this year. Like, I just think their confidence is going to be just shot. But that's that's kind of my take on that. So... Um, but let's talk about Tony D'Angelo. So he did have a career high in uh, plus minus. So, uh, he was a plus 31, which is great. I mean, he was playing for a great team and, and a lot of power play time, right? He was, I think he's quarterbacking the, the main power play there in, uh, um, Carolina. Right. And they got some amazing players. We're looking at, you know, Tara Vinen, uh, Aho Sveshnikov, if he was on there, you know, um, it's just, it was a lethal power play, right? They, they know what they're doing. Um, so, you know, he, he had a career high in plus minus career high in power play points for him. Uh, so 2020 20 power play points. And then he also, uh, this was interesting. So he had a career high in, uh, in ice time. Uh, and that said the, uh, the ice time that he got is 19, 19 minutes and 48 seconds. That was his average time. And that is extremely low to me for a defenseman. I mean that is like second pairing, third pairing, uh, defenseman uh, type minutes, right? So, so he's he's not on the ice that much, right? Um, so, I, and I don't think that's going to change. Like uh, now that he's gone to Philadelphia, right? Like we're looking at a, so he he's kind of first off, Tony D'Angelo is known for being a bit of a dink, right? He has a he has a bit of an attitude, right? And that was well documented with his time in New York. Uh, and he's also now gone to a team where the coach is a bit of a dingus, you know, as well, so, I mean, uh, unless, like, two wrongs make a right here, I, I don't know, I, like, I, I, I think there's going to be some some potential issues there in the dressing room, and I think John Tortorello has already said as much, like, the dressing room there in, in Philly is is definitely a problem, and, and he said that even before this, you know, before the season started, so, um, it's just going to be a mess there, so, um, negatives on Tony, uh, he's giving you zero peripherals, zero, like you, you're getting no hits, no blocks for a defenseman. Um, you know, if you're getting really low hits and low blocks for a defenseman, you better be getting the other stuff. Right. And again, uh, D'Angelo's value is all mostly power play, right? He's, he's getting a lot of power play time. He's, he's an offensive defenseman right? so what happens if that dries up what happens if he plays with you know less talented players and that's kind of the situation that's happening right uh, the other thing with uh, D'Angelo is he's he's injury prone he, he hasn't played a full season in the NHL yet you know so um you know take that with a grain of salt right I, I don't really draft like based on on injuries and things like that but you know he hasn't played a full season in the NHL yet and now he's going to a team that's just yeah, it, it's, it's going to be ugly there in Philly. So um, I, I'm not sure what to expect. I think as far as, um, you know, I, I think a 40-point season for, D, for D'Angelo is probably reasonable, right? And a 40-point defenseman, that's okay, you know? But not when they're not offering you anything else like um, hits or blocks or, um, you know, even shots on goal, right? Um, So 40-point D-man, I think, um, again, the ADP is not the worst I've ever seen at 121, but there are better options. There are much better options. Like, uh, for instance, Seth Jones on Yahoo is going at 129. This guy is a beast. Uh, Again, much too low ADP for Seth Jones. He's going to get all the ice time he wants. He's going to be playing 26, 27 minutes a game, first line, power play, you know, and he's at 129. I mean, I know Chicago's not not good either, but I mean, he's going to get all the minutes he wants, and, and still playing with some decent players there, right? You know, he, as long as you got Patrick Kane there, and even Jonathan Taves to an extent, you know, you're, you're going to be able to do something. And then again, another player I mentioned uh, in the last episode, Mikhail Sergachev. He's at 137. So, uh, Tony D'Angelo or Mikhail Sergachev, like that, that's a no-brainer to me. It's got to be Sergachev. And then even later, so at uh, you can get Tyson Berry uh, on Yahoo at 155. That's that's almost three rounds later than when you would take Tony D'Angelo. And to me, Tyson Berry is pretty much the same exact player as D'Angelo, except that he's on a better team, he's got a better situation, he plays more minutes. You know, it, it's it, and he doesn't have attitude problems, right? So. Um, I just think Tony D'Angelo is someone I'm staying away from, uh, and pretty much anyone on the Flyers. I, I don't see a reason to draft anyone unless you're in a you know a very deep league. You know, uh, uh, like Couturier maybe before he got injured, but other than that, you know, uh, I guess there are a couple of guys you could pick up if you want some bangs, like some Risto ristalinen or something like that. But uh, yeah, stay away from Tony D'Angelo, Okay. Cool. Well, those are my five um, busts, potential busts. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me know what you think about that. Definitely tweet me out. Let me let me hear your opinions. I want to see what you have to say about it. Okay. So before we move on, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about sports ethos. Um, I, I mentioned it the first episode. I want to speak on it again really quickly. Uh, again, sportsethos.com. Uh, it is a Fantasy basketball, mostly a site that's branching out to other sports, uh, NFL, MLB, and now NHL. Uh, That's what we're doing here. So Um, it is time, though, to talk a little fantasy hoops, okay? Do you remember who led you to Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Terry Rozier, and Mikael Bridges before any other rank list? That's right. It was the Brewski 150. That's actually uh, a list that's available on sportsethos.com. And you probably turned those huge wins into some cash, didn't you? Great. Well, this year, the Brewski 150 is on sale for a limited time and Ethos 360 subscribers can get access in less than a week. Head over to sportsethos.com and click on the premium tab to grab membership or draft guide today. And yes, to answer your most important question, the Brewski 150 is included in both options. So check back daily for more new features and go dominate your basketball leagues again with sports ethos. And also, you're going to dominate your NHL leagues, all right? And okay, that's what we're doing right here, okay? But that's all uh, sports ethos. So, yeah, we got that out of the way. Um, this next section, I would like to, I said I was going to do it, and uh, this, is, this is almost just for me. I want to uh, make predictions on uh, some of the major NHL awards. And then I want to look back on it and see how badly I screwed it up, okay? So... Let's uh, let's go through it here. I've got a little bit of a list. I, I don't have a, a ton of analysis behind uh, some of these picks, so it's you know we'll keep it short. This is kind of just for fun. All right, let's look at um, the Maurice Richard uh, Trophy for uh, most goals scored. Um, so for, for each one of these, I will give my safe pick, and then I'll give a dark horse pick. Okay, um, and that kind of covers me too in case one of them hits. Then I can say that I got it correct. All right. So for the Richard uh, Trophy most goals, I think it's pretty safe to say Austin Matthews. uh, You know, if he stays healthy, he will most likely pick up that award. Um, He had a great season last year. I don't see any reason why that's going to change this year. The Leafs, I mean, with their playoff failures, they are hungry. He's going to come out, you know, with a with a B in his bonnet, and uh, I think he's just going to dominate this year. Anyways, that's my safe pick. My dark horse pick. Patrick Laine for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're going off, uh, off the rails here. Patrick Laine, obviously, he's, he's underachieved in Columbus. I think there are a few reasons for that. Um, but I think, you know, obviously, we've got Johnny Gaudreau in there. We're making the correlation that uh, a great passer like Johnny Gaudreau, a, a superstar like Johnny Gaudreau, can, uh, can help Laine f- uh, find his form again. So there you go, Matthews for safe, dark horse, Patrick Liney, Book it, all right? Don't, I'm not responsible for any bets made on these uh, picks, by the way. Uh, disclaimer for you. Okay, let's move on. Um, the Vezina Trophy, best goalie. I've got a couple interesting picks here. Okay, my safe pick this year is going to be Yussi Saros, all right? That beautiful man, Saros, uh, again, as I mentioned uh, uh, last year, episode, basically helped me place second in a league that I had no business placing second in. He had a great season. I like the Predators again this year. I know they overachieved last year. I think that will have a bit of regression, but I still think that Saros is just, he's a next level goaltender and and his time is coming. Um, And I think uh, he's become a workhorse now. I think he'll probably play 60 games and I think he's going to do very well. So Saros is my pick for Vesna, My dark horse pick, Connor Hellebuck. The uh, one-time Vesna winner already. I, I do believe uh, a lot of people are writing Winnipeg off this year. And I think Hellebuck, you know, just the quality of goalie that he is and some of the players on Winnipeg, um, you know, coming back uh, from injury and also just players like Blake Wheeler. I, I really believe there's there's more in the tank there. And, and they've got, uh, you know, good rookie in Cole Perfetti, you know, who could crack the top six. I think there's some good things uh, potentially happening in Winnipeg. Um, you know, Connor Hellebuck, my dark horse, that's a hot take right there, but uh, he's done it before and he can do it again. Okay. Let's move on. All right. Uh, for the Calder trophy, this one is a little bit more challenging for me. I, again, as I mentioned, uh, you know, uh, prospects rookies is not really my something that I delve into, uh, on a regular basis, but let's, let's just take a look. I, I, for me personally, you know, when it's preseason or before the season, I'm looking at rookies with the most opportunity, right? The most potential chance of ice time. And I find that, you know, uh, players that win the Calder trophy are usually on teams that are pretty crappy, right? Because they're, they, are they they're lacking in depth. So these rookies, uh, like they need touches, right? They need to touch the puck. They need that confidence of just being able to make a mistake, go out there and, you know, uh, just get put right back on into the ice, right? They need that confidence. So I think Matty Beniers or Beniers um, for the Seattle Kraken, I think he it has some of the best opportunity that's coming up here. And, he, you know, he's going to get to play with uh, Bjorkstrand on the right wing and, you know, some, some decent players on Seattle as well. But I think that his ice time will be, you know, pr- pretty uh, – it'll be up there, I think. And I think, uh, you know, he's a good two-way player. I'm not even going to predict his points right now because I haven't looked into the player too much, but that's my pick for uh, for Calder, Beniers, or Beniers. And then my dark horse pick, William Eklund of the San Jose Sharks. Uh, I've watched a, kind of a highlight package of this guy. He's, he's a freak. He, he looks awesome. And again, San Jose, not a very good team this year, not expected to be very good. So I think Eklund has a good shot at playing some top, top six minutes, and he's done it at, at uh, pretty much every level he's been at. And I know there's a lot of hype behind this guy as well, and I think he could sort of sneak in there into that Calder conversation. So this all said, uh, guaranteed the Calder winner is going to be some random uh, prospect that uh, you know, only the diehards know about. So uh, my Calder pick, I'm not feeling too good about those, but there you go. Let's move on to the Selkie trophy, the defensive trophy. I am going, my safe pick is going to be my man, uh, Sasha Barkov. There you go. Um, this guy's a beauty. I had him last year in, in my pool. I've wa- uh, you know, I watch him play. I, I watched a lot of the Panthers last year. The guy's a beast. He's awesome. Um, and just, just his, his defensive acumen is, he, he, he's in the top tier of the league. So I think you can kind of just rotate him in every Selkie Trophy conversation, you know, for the next five years. So that, that's my safe pick, uh, uh, Sasha Barkov. And then uh, my dark horse, I like Dylan Larkin of the Red Wings. I do think Larkin is going to have a much better offensive season this year. He, he's, a, he's a potentially a, a point-a-game player. And I think we can all agree that the, the Red Wings have improved this offseason. You get a guy like David Perron, one of the best power play players in the league, uh, now on your team. I think that's going to up some points for Larkin. But uh, he doesn't get a lot of credit for, for um, the defensive work that he does. First off, his speed, his back-checking. Um, and he's gritty as well, so I'm, I'm a big fan of Larkin and he also chugs minutes. He, he's, you know he'll be over 19 20 minutes. Um, he plays in all situations. So my dark horse, Dylan Larkin, Barkov the safe bet, book it okay We will go now to the Norris trophy uh, best defenseman. I think my safe pick has to be kale McCar okay um, uh, It's not rocket science. this man just crushed. The playoffs last year uh, won the Conn Smythe. Um, he's just a different different type of player. Um, it's interesting because um, you know Roman Yosi actually had a better fantasy season than Kale McCarr last year. But Kale McCarr is now getting drafted you know in the top five in a lot of uh, drafts, which to me is a little rich. But in terms of just the uh, hockey reality. Kale McCarr is the best defenseman in the league. There's no question there. If he stays healthy, I think he's a lock for that Norris. Uh, my dark horse pick, Miro Heiskinen from uh, the Dallas Stars. Again, we, we've seen what this guy can do. You saw a couple years ago in the playoffs where he, he just went off. Um, you know, They kind of handed him the keys to the team at that point. And, and now that uh, John Klingberg has been moved from Dallas to Anaheim, um, it is Heiskinen's team um, you know, and certainly his power play. Right. And that's where I think a lot of, you know, he, this is the first time he's going to get a chance to run that power play one. And they have a very good power play as long as uh, Jason Robertson, you know, signs here uh, quickly. Their, their power play looks great. Um, and I like in a lot. I mean, it's a bit of a hot take uh, for him to get the Norris. Sure. But, um, you know, uh, he is just mega talented. I think he's going to have a great season uh, at the very least. So there you go. Makar and Hayskinen, my picks for the Norris. And then, lastly, we are going with the Hart Trophy, uh, the best player in the league. Who am I going to pick? I don't know. There's only one option to me. It's going to be McDavid. McDavid is going to win the Hart this year, um, and I, I don't even think it's going to be close. Uh, like I, I like to look at the playoffs last year and and just the the failures that that the Edmonton Oilers have had. Right? I remember when the Canucks had those failures before. 2011 when they had their amazing season Uh, um they they had failed so many times in the playoffs and i feel like edmonton is kind of where the canucks were you know going into 2011 i think there's a good chance that edmonton you know has one of the best records in the league um and then Connor mcdavid you know if he doesn't get injured it's going to be open season for sure like look what he did in the playoffs he led the playoffs last year in points in only 16 games um You know, and that's the highest level of hockey played all year. And he was just dominating. This guy's on another planet. So um, if he stays healthy, healthy. Uh, Connor McDavid's your heart winner. Book it. Uh, My dark horse there, Kirill the Thrill. Kaprasov, big cap. Um, You know, that's just a fun pick. I love Kaprasov. I think that uh, he's very talented. You know, potential 50-goal scorer, perennial 50-goal scorer. I'd love to see him, obviously, you know, replicate what he did last year just so we can all feel nice and comfortable about it but Minnesota um they don't have uh other players of that caliber so whereas Connor McDavid has Leon Dreisaitl um Minnesota it's just the Kaprasov show there's there's nothing else there so and they had a great record last year in Minnesota as we talked about earlier so I think if they again go to a, have a have a great season and Kaprasov has a great individual season, you, you might look at him in that. He might get a few votes for the Hart Trophy, right? So, but it's really all dependent on if McDavid gets injured or not because I think he's just going to dominate. So, anywho, there you go. Book those down. Those are the only ones I'm doing. And uh, I feel good about that. Uh, hopefully, you know, I'll look back at this and uh, I'll just, again, like I said, I'll just go, you know, 100% with my takes and just just become... Uh, fantasy hockey legend. That's, that's my goal in life. Uh, and again, to bring that, uh, uh magic to you all, the listeners. So thank you so much. Um, we're going to wrap up the show here. Thank you for your time. Um, I have been looking at some of the analytics on, on these shows, just the, just the first show that I released and, and I can see there's people in Japan that are listening to this. There's people in the Philippines that are listening to this. There's, there's a person in France who listened to this and, and that just, that, that really, That just jacks me up. Like That just gives me a lot of motivation to keep going. Thank you so much, anyone who's tuned into this. And if you like what you hear, please follow it. Please give me a five-star review. Um, That just helps me get it out to other people. And uh, I'm going to continue to do this uh, all through the the preseason here and into the regular season. I can't wait to kind of get into a routine once the regular season starts. And we'll do recaps. And I've got a special segment going to be called Cream of the Crop. We'll get into that. Um, but thank you so much for your time. Thank you for listening. Um, and I am going to, uh, start a catchphrase to, you know, an ending phrase here. I'll give you a little backstory. So, um, when I was in high school, um, one of my friends, his mom on their answering machine, we had answering machines when I was in high school and, uh, she was kind of a, uh, like a hippie type of person. And, and she had a voice that was very, uh, soothing and sounded like, uh, you know, something you would hear in a spa, someone telling you how to meditate or something like that. And in her message, she said, celebrate your day, bye for now. And that's going to be my tagline to get out of here. So um, you have been listening to Fantasy NHL Today. Thank you so much. Celebrate your day. Bye for now. The rational explanation is hardly necessary. necessary.